that's why sometimes you just rock too close to the sun. What is going on, everybody? This is the Cover Band Confidential Podcast, the podcast for cover band musicians and band leaders to learn how to rock more and suck less in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Ray. I'm operating from a slightly lower register because we had a show last night and uh, went a little hard in the paint. Wow. Performance-wise. Yeah. He was actually a very well-behaved young man. That's good. Um, but as far as getting into the performing, uh, you know, it happens. It happens. You know. It happens. Sometimes you work it. And uh, sometimes it works for you. It's true. How have you been, man? Good. I had a show last night that was, um, well, I think this episode is going to be about unpacking and holding these two shows up against each other. So we'll save the details of that for a bit. But uh, <laughs> the other thing that happened was, and I think I've shared this, I don't, I've lost track. I might put it on the Patreon audio, but my car, 2010 Highlander, had a regrettable run in with a large brick planter on the side of my driveway a couple of weeks ago. Uh-oh. I'm not going to throw the driver under the bus, but it was not me. <laughs> <laughs> narrows it down, I, you know. Uh, and so finally the insurance seems like they're headed toward totaling it, which is the best thing. Just send me a check and get me out of the car is fine. Uh, and so in advance of that, I fronted myself the down payment for a new Hyundai Palisade, okay. which is the same car under the skin as the Kia Telluride, which is what I thought I was going to shop for. And when I looked at it, first of all, Kia wanted way above MSRP. Their opening bid was like mm. ridiculous. And oh. there's a trim level of the Palisade that is exactly everything I was looking for and nothing that I wasn't. And the price was right. And so I jumped on that. So I now have a car, the youngest car I've ever owned uh, came to me with 20,000 miles on it. This one's currently sitting in my driveway with 63 okay. miles on it, which is exciting. It's I'm still, I feel like I'm driving my child home from the hospital every mile I make. At some point I will relax and drive casual, but sure. we're not there yet. But I will tell you, loading into a gig last night out of a car that isn't <laughs> my wife's Chevy Volt, gigging out of that for the last few weeks has been hilarious. And uh, it actually has more room than the Highlander. In some ways, that's bad news because I have the car Tetris down to a science. Like I can look, I can glance oh, yeah. and know I've got everything. Right. And now it's a, new math. a few more inches in one direction and a few more inches in the other direction, like I have to rethink and replan and it's an opportunity to redo all my Tetris. That's the that's the good news complaint that I have behind what is ultimately a pretty exciting thing. Actually, it's a very fun car. So sweet. Yeah. When you uh, have to kind of figure out what goes where in the new vehicle, that's always a unique challenge. You know, for us, it's whether we're bringing um, the PA or not. Uh-huh. So it always looks different. What's here? What isn't there? Mm-hmm. I had that conversation yesterday because we have these wooden. Rubik's cubes that we use right. for dates where we have the space to bring them. And since we're not bringing production, we brought them yesterday. But yeah, like everything looks different yep. in the back of the car. So it's like, what did I forget? And right. then this morning, of course, I'm like going through and I was like, did my laptop bag make it back in the car? And because I was settling up with the with the venue owner, most of my stuff was loaded in by third parties. So yeah. I just had to trust that it was there. Yeah. But yeah, I totally get yeah. where you're coming from. Yeah. You know, my third party, my logistics manager, we're not calling him a rep, just keeps growing in the value he's bringing me. Like we hit the last note and within 30 seconds, he was up there coiling cables and tearing down stuff and needs less and less direction from me every time. He does still always plug my stereo quarter inch pairs out of my, out of the quad cortex Instead of going into lines one and two of the inputs, he puts them into the headphone jacks, the one and two headphone mm. jacks. That's happened every time. So maybe I'll put a note on the mixer about that. But he's learning my Tetris too, and we're relearning it together. And yeah, he's just keeping growing in terms of what he's what he's bringing me. It's awesome. So it's interesting you mentioned that because the show that we played last night, our new bass player came, but as a civilian, hmm. he helped out a ton actually. 
and um, shot a bunch of footage while we were playing. Cool. Like he was a part of the team in a big way. And it just, it was awesome to have him there. And it was like twofold. He was kind of learning the ropes and, but we gave him a belt pack. And so he had his own mix. So even when he was out in the audience, he could hear whatever it was he was trying to hear. Mm-hmm. It's just more exposure, yeah. more yeah. data to, to input. Yeah. But um, click and the guide he, and all that stuff. Right. Yeah. So a couple of things happen and I guess we can, well, you know what? We'll circle back to it. Well, is it time? We can just jump in. Well, there was one other thing I wanted to mention, okay. you know, talking about auxiliary people who, you know, we bring in for myriad reasons. We've been talking about these live band karaoke gigs mm-hmm. that we've lined up and it occurred to me and Amber that the second one, which was the Thursday, May 25th is also the last day of school, which is also the first day of summer camp for our youngest. Mm. And we looked at the timeline. It's just, it's not feasible for her yeah. to do it. It's either one of us, one of us has to be there. One of us has to do parent stuff. So we were hanging out with our neighbors and um, friends in the area. And one of the gals is very much a gregarious, like social person. I was like, I have this thing that's coming up and it involves these three things. Do you think you could do that? And she was like, yeah, I think so. Yeah. And, and we pay you. She's like, no, I was like, no, let's not like, we will pay you. But she was fully ready to like jump in with both feet just to like help out. Super and I think cool. I, and Amber was there and she was kind of like, oh yeah, she would be great for that. So I think whenever we look at these kinds of things, it's like, all right, we need another musician who is in this kind of area that can do X, Y, and Z to do this. Sometimes it doesn't necessarily need that amount of specialization. And you should look at the people in your general circles. Yeah. And be, as we said last week, community is almost always the answer. 100%. She solved a big problem for us and I think she'll do great. That's awesome. So yeah. And I don't have to worry about her flaking because I know where she lives. (laughs) She has to face (laughs) you later. It's true. So it feels like this past weekend was one super busy for a lot of folks. Mm. The the Patreon Slack was just chock-a-block with people breaking down all of their gigs. And it's a weird... It's a weird weekend because there's a lot of things going on. Uh, We were joking around as we were eating dinner before our show last night is that uh, yesterday was a big, and we're recording this on Sunday, so I'm talking about Saturday, May the 6th, that it was a big day for pageantry, you Mm. know, between the coronation and and the Kentucky Derby. There was a lot of formalities and things. And the other funny thing is that like we put our food order in to eat dinner and between getting our order put in and our drinks coming out, the entire Kentucky Derby was over. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It just happens in like a split second. It yeah. doesn't take hardly any time at the all. The horn goes and then uh, yep. they've run it. The horses run until they they can't runs no more. Yeah. But that's kind of where in our area, uh, a lot of derby parties. And it seems like there were some other folks in the area that also in our community that were doing derby parties or derby adjacent yeah. things. And so we had a show. And not only was that going on, but Atlanta has this big outdoor festival that they do every year called Shaky Knees. It's a three-day outdoor festival Mm. with national headliners. It's like a big deal. It was very busy this weekend. And it seems like everybody kind of had varying degrees of success with how that went. And actually, I think that kind of like dovetails into what we were going to say before. Let me do one last little plug before we jump into things. We have gotten some really nice feedback. But what we could really use in this current moment is reviews. If you have not reviewed us on the podcast platform of your choice, provided that your podcast platform of choice offers reviews, it would really benefit us in a fairly big way. So if you haven't already, please go do that. We'd love to read them on the show. 
And if you say something in there that uh, you want to use for promotional purposes <laughs> later, we'll say it. Not a problem. It's super, super convenient. It's like free That's cameo. It's true. But just it us, is like not free, famous people. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever juice we have in the game, you can use. That's all yours. Yeah. Take it. We don't know what to do with it. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So before the uh, before we started recording, I let Dan know that due to late nights and just general things that I, I run in on fumes. So we were trying to like, let's get this, let's get to the meat of the, yeah. the conversation. So uh, not so many pleasantries this week, but uh, we're going to jump right in because this is really a tale of two gigs mm -hmm. and uh, two different experiences. So I think I'll let you go. I'll I think that's go good. We can, kick we the can thing off. Um, not to foreshadow, but we can end on a positive. Yeah. And I say that not complaining at all about my show um, in a lot of ways, and I'll detail them. It was a breakthrough show in terms of the band's performance, Yep. but it was our first time at this place here in Greensboro that I played a lot in a lot of different ways, pre and post COVID. And what I've noticed is that the natural native heat that was on the place, the kind of traffic that mm -hmm. just comes through there on a Saturday night, it ain't coming through there anymore. And I think there's a phenomenon that probably all over the place, but certainly in my town where some bar opens and it's the new hotness and it's the place people go. And it's like that for a year, 18 months, maybe two years if you're lucky. And then another place takes over the heat and the wind goes out of the sails of that place. I've seen that happen quite a few times and I'm afraid that it may be that way for this new venue. There's also some other kind of conversations in town about the ownership of it and problems with them. And that's probably factoring in. But the reality is we were playing to three tables of our guests and mm -hmm. essentially nobody else all night. And those three tables, it was probably quick head count, 20-ish 20, 20 people in a brew pub that would hold, I'm at capacity. I've seen it at capacity. It's like 250. So it was pretty empty in there. And they were, there's a lot of head bobbing, a lot of singing along, but that was a level of engagement. Sure. I also had a technical problem during the night. We got all set up, sound check, all great, working with the mix, whatever. The room is all brick, very ringy, very particular to EQ in. And it was the first time I'd been there with the preset that is the new project. So it didn't have its okay. EQ already dialed in. It took me quite a lot to gotcha. get that done. And my mic was really the problem. So I had backed my level down some as sort of the final solution of I can't notch every frequency. It feels like I need to in this space. But the way to do that is to back down the level. So I did that some. And that seemed fine. And then we started playing the first, I'm sorry, no, before the first set, the um, I was talking about going down to a restaurant a couple doors down to get some takeout dinner. And as we were headed out to the door to do that, I looked at the mixer screen on my iPad and it was telling me can't connect. And I said, yeah, okay. yeah go ahead. I'll catch up with you. And I sent them on and it continues to not be able to connect across several power cycles, several unplugs and replugs of the airport express is what it is. Several year old airport express I have in the back of it. It's been rock solid. And in fact, the Wi-Fi connection was great. I was able to reach that thing on the airport management app for iOS. Yep. It was all fine, but I could not pull the web page that is the management interface of yeah. the Soundcraft UI24R that I've used for many years and it's been very reliable. And so they finally got back with having put in a dinner order for me. I was still unable to get to the mixer. The sound was still coming through. The mix was happening, but I couldn't edit anything. And I said, guys, this is what we got tonight. <laughs> the sound we're making right now is the sound we're going to make tonight. And I can't fix your in-ears. I can't fix the mains. This is what we got. And Oof. it was a few minutes before downbeat at that point. It was like, 
we're just going to start playing with what we got. And with, here we go. So we played through the first set and I started getting feedback from the room, including from my wife, that my vocal was low. They couldn't hear me. Makes sense. I had backed myself out some. Fair. But it's, not, it's nothing I can do about that. I can try and belt a little louder, but that's not going to go well for anybody. So I made it through the first set knowing I wasn't getting heard, but trying to have fun anyway. And, and, and we did have fun. The other thing overall to say about the night is I feel like we played at a new level of looseness and funness and playfulness together. Taylor and I, we found ourselves doing call and response back and forth between me on guitar and her on fiddle in the solo of Seven Nation Army. We'd never done that before, but it just started kind of happening. She played a lick and I played it back at her and she embellished and I embellished back and it was just so fun. So a lot of what it was like to be on stage was great, but we had this tech struggle. And so at break in the bathroom while peeing, I realized <laughs> I could take my TC Helicon voice live play, my vo vocal pedal. There's a little mm -hmm. dial on the side of it that increases yes, the mic gain, yeah. the input gain into that device. Mm -hmm. But I knew I was at the ceiling of what I could do vocally, you know, in terms of my signal without feeding back. And then I remembered that that thing has a feature called voice tone, which is mm -hmm. literally a binary on off thing. And when it's on, it's doing a bunch of magic stuff. But one of the magic things it's doing is compression. It's, it applies a fair amount of compression. And I know from my years as a self-taught amateur sound guy, that compression can influence and lead to feedback. Yeah. So I went to my preset, I turned off voice tone on it. And I turned up my mic gain some to the point where I turned it up until I could hear it starting to feed back. And then I backed it back down. And by God, in the second set, you could hear me. I had fixed it yeah. without being able to get to the mixer. Yeah. Um, the other thing I heard was that the drums were too loud and it's a ringy room and my drummer has a ton of touch. But so I talked to him at the break and said, look, you just get, you back it down a little bit and I'll bring everything else up to match. Cause I can turn up the volume on the speakers without having to get to right. the mixer either. Yeah. Um, so it was all about, it's all about mixing the night without a mixer really, which was a lot. I did bring the mixer <laughs> home with me here now to see if I can diagnose what's going on with it. See if it happens here. I did remember early this morning about a thread on the Facebook group for this mixer that mm -hmm. was about it starting up weird when it had a USB stick stuck into its record slot, uh, which it did have the bummer okay. of course, is that. The first time I power cycled it, it stopped my recording and I couldn't start it again. So I got great yeah. multi-camera video from all the Mevos and no stems to mix it with. So that's sad. And the house audio was messed up for half the night. Yeah. So I won't get anything really useful out of the show in terms of contentable stuff, which is bad because our, our, our interaction on stage was a whole new level. I really wish I'd been able to use that, but we'll see if, if that thing is um, acting weird here at home. I don't know what I'll do about it. I'll probably, I'm, I might send it off for service, but boy, that's a lot to think about. Yeah. Yeah. That was my night. We got out of there paid and having done a show for a few people who seem to enjoy it and some stress on my part with the tech stuff, but also some new kind of breath of life into our stage performance quality. So Good. mixed bag overall, but the night was a little tough to gut through. I will admit. Yeah. And um, it's funny because some of the stuff that you're talking about there, there's actually a fair amount of parallels with what my night looked like. Mm. But overall, I would say things might've ended or felt a little different as things wrapped up. So, yep. you know, the past few days or the past week or so has been kind of an exercise in, I guess, grassroots promotional yeah. 
techniques. Last week we were talking about, all right, I went to the venue, I handed out the flyers, I made FaceTime, I did all of these things. And there was an opportunity that fell in my lap about being potentially interviewed on the radio. Right. And that ended up happening. I got a phone call on Wednesday. I actually had to call my boss and I was like, they were supposed to do this tomorrow when I didn't have a bunch of things. Can we move some stuff around? And it all worked out. But uh, they were doing like a series of interviews on people and what their side hustles were. And so I was talking about playing in bands and I actually had an opportunity to talk about the bands and the agency, but also about you guys and this show and all of that stuff. And it's interesting because that little 90 second blurb, I've gotten more feedback from than anything else I've put out you know, in recent memory. It's a broadcast, uh, you know. right? Like you hit a lot of earballs. It's true. And, and I will say this, not only the radio station, but the hosts, the people I talked with were very generous in resharing things that went out. So when it aired, they put it on uh, their podcast stream. I then went in and took, so I had recorded my half of the conversation because I'm going to use it for the YouTube video that <laughs> will be out this coming Friday. And wanted to just have that as as a resource. And it turns out that some of the things that they cut up for the podcast, I straight up dropped the URL for our website and the podcast cut it because there's different rules around what you can and can't talk about. But I had the original source audio. So I was able to cut my video into their conversation and put out a solid piece of vertical video that captured the whole thing, including the parts that I didn't want them to cut out. Uh, (laughs) So uh, that was very beneficial. And then one of the hosts of the morning show shared it to his socials and stuff. So it got a lot of attention. One of the things I had showed the guys on the Patreon Slack was that I was watching the real-time stats of our website traffic. And literally between the hours of 6 a.m. and 8 a.m., there's this massive spike because people heard it on the radio, which is kind of cool. Yeah. That happened, and then we ended up, the guys in the band were very participatory in helping promote and sharing posts and all of that stuff. And so when it came down to the actual show itself, we sold out all of the tables, most of the reserve seating, and had a fair amount of walk-ups. Nice. And we had a really awesome night. Cool. And in doing this, you know, we're in this transition thing. We've got this new bass player coming in. He was there to observe, but wasn't participating. Our current bass player was there, but he was also our music director. So he was in charge of all the Ableton stuff and setting up set lists and all of that. And our guitar player, Joey has, he volunteered. He's like, I want to do this. So it was his first time doing all of the Ableton stuff. And it's going to be a situation where somebody's doing a job. They're not accustomed to doing. And there were some hiccups, nothing. It wasn't anything outrageous. There was nothing that stopped the show, Yeah. but we had a couple of hiccups. There was a particular situation where a song either skipped or the arrangement was off or whatever, and then some false starts and that kind of thing. But overall, it all worked really well. The crowd was none the wiser. Yeah. You know, All that stuff is stuff that only we noticed. Right. And the coolest part of it was we went out, did our first set. It went really well. Actually, I took my little friction mount and put my phone up uh, with a super wide angle view and recorded the entire first set. And it looks awesome. Everything worked out really well. Cool. And when I got back... Because I, you know, I had to pull it off the stand when we went backstage and in my messages, I had one text and it was from the owner of the venue. And he goes, I love your band Mm. with like five exclamation points. So that felt really good. We were in the right spot and crowd was super engaged. Friends came Braxton from ATL Vice, whose show ended up getting canceled, showed up. I put him on the guest list, him and his wife and their son 
hung out for a bit and got to see some people I hadn't seen in a while. As we were settling up, the owner was like, what was the agreed upon deal? Like, how are we splitting this? And I was like, oh, geez, I don't really want to have this conversation right now. But I, I went back and looked at the original conversation, which was a certain percentage split of the door. And because he had been so complimentary and we had done him a solid with a really iffy night, um, I was like, well, you know, it was originally this, but why don't we just let's why don't you give us 10 percent more? We'll up the ante a little bit. And he goes, he mulled on it for a second. He's like, nah, I think that's more than fair. So we walked out with a really solid paycheck. Good. Not what we would make for a private event per se, but like enough where everybody more or less got their set kind of paycheck they would normally get for doing a gig like that. So great. it was a massive victory. We showed up, we showed out, and uh, things went great. It's fantastic. And you got a future in so, the spot. Yeah. Now, the other thing is we were talking about some new songs that we were going to pull in. Yes. Of the ones that we were going to do, two of them made the cut, one of them didn't. And those two were specifically Simply Irresistible mm. and Kyrie. Simply Irresistible, it just, it slayed. Nice. It was absolutely ridiculous. Like, crowd loved it, band crushed it, just, it's in, it's in forever and ever. Kyrie was an interesting one, because I know that you were a little skeptical of how that would go over. And... It went over well in rehearsal, and we were a little hesitant to see how it went. And it seemed like the crowd was really like weirdly appreciative because I think it was a song that they weren't necessarily expecting to hear. Yeah. And so I noticed a lot more people singing the lyrics along as we were playing. Yeah. It's not going to be a dancer, that one. No, not really. So that part was cool. The only thing that we realized was that the arrangement needed to be tweaked a little bit because that outro with the key change is a lot longer than you're right. picturing. Right. And so if we do it again, which we will, we've got a Wang Chung it. We've got two of more course. tries. Of course. But we're probably going to cut four more of those refrains out just to it does box not need it to be in that a bit. Long. No. And it, it got to the point where like we're all looking at each other and it's like, Kyrie lays on the road. Let's do it again. Let's wrap this thing up. Let's just go. I feel um, the same way about, by the way, Run to You. Yeah. Same same thing. Brian Adams. Yeah. Brian Adams. Yeah. It's Ryan Adams. Brian Adams. Brian Adams. Brian with a B. Yeah. Too much outro. There's a lot of those. I met just like total non sequitur this morning where I was like, I want to do a 90s country tribute because yeah. we were listening to 90s country es yeah. essential playlist yeah. uh, on the way to this lacrosse tournament. And there are so many of those songs that really just have a hook. And the hook is amazing. Yeah. But like, they're literally just cobbling together whatever they can figure out to just make a whole song. Yeah. There's a lot of those. I think we've talked uh, about She's a Bad Mamma Jamma. Yeah. It's a great bass line. And then they do it like 500 times. Mm -hmm. So we now do two verses, two choruses, and immediately transition into Smooth Criminal. And it kills. It kills. Every time we've done that, like the whole room goes, like you see that moment of a transition really hooking everybody. But we had to learn not to do all five verses and all five choruses because- yeah. Too damn much, Mamma Jamma. Yes. The song that kind of jumped into my head because we were listening to it was American Girl. She's an American mm -hmm. Girl by Trisha Yearwood. Yep. It's got, the verses are great and the choruses are great, but like it's barely three minutes long and there's probably three too many choruses yeah. in that song. Yeah. I was literally just like walking around the house this morning going, she used to tie her hair up in ribbons. <laughs> I don't know where it yeah. came from. It just yeah. jumped in there. Yeah. But yeah, because we've got We've got a new system. We've got a new person running all of the things. There's going to be a lot of um, spot work where it's like, okay, let's go back and revisit mm -hmm. this song and figure out what 
this was missing. There were a couple of cues that weren't there. There were a couple of pieces that may have not been routed correctly. Like it's just the growing pains of transitioning. Absolutely. From one person Absolutely. to the other. And, and a little bit of spot rehearsal just cleans all that up. You know, in, in rehearsal yeah. last week, I said to my folks, listening through the recording from the previous show, I just noticed a bunch of our transitions were uncrisp. And we literally just, all we did in that rehearsal was work transitions. And last night they were just so spot on. spot on. Awesome. Yeah. As we've been going through this year and like the kind of gigs that we were looking at, this was one of those ones that was just fun. It was fun front to back. Yeah. We were all enjoying ourselves. Everybody had a good time. It was like, it was one of those things where it's like, I wrapped up the night going, man, I really needed that. Mm. Of course, I woke up this morning. I was like, oh, oh did maybe I, I didn't either. Yeah. My throat's a little uh, more irritated than it normally would be because I, I definitely overdid it just, I don't know, for my own whatever. Yeah. And I don't feel sore today, which means I will definitely feel sore tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was, the video will make its way out at some point, but like I could show you all of the examples of the, here's things you should not be doing <laughs> yeah. on stage as a 41-year-old front person. I'll tell you. Uh, but uh, uh, you can't tell me nothing. Uh, yeah, yeah, no. Nobody can tell you nothing. <laughs> Correspondingly, I have been under, uh, it's an annual thing, seasonal allergies have been making my voice tough for a little while. God, last night I was just smooth and clean and had a kind of unlimited headroom. I hit the top end of the chorus of Sugar, Maroon 5, which is a note that is elusive to me. Usually Taylor has to come in and do it and I drop an octave. And yeah. uh, But I nailed it last night. I got all the way there. So even a night's where it's tough, there's fun to be found. Do you find yourself, there was a thing I've, I dealt with all night was getting in the moment, knowing those moments when I'm not in the moment, I'm thinking about the fact that the damn tech is betraying me or whatever I'm thinking about. That person over there isn't singing like I wish they were, or whatever it is. And like noticing, oh, I'm like, I'm not in the show at all. I'm just pulling yourself there. I am absolutely guilty of that usually last night was i don't think that was one of those now i definitely am like in my own kind of like world mm -hmm. and so i've got <laughs> i have a bad habit of pacing i do it everywhere i do it in real life like if i'm on the phone i have to be w walking around and so somewhere through like maybe like the first half of the first set she goes you're pacing literally like in <laughs> passing like between things and so i i, I did like take account of that. And there was another part where she was like, bring it down a notch because I, I think the adrenaline was just pumping and yeah. um, I was just having fun. Yeah. And so I think she was looking out for me. It was like, you're going to regret this tomorrow doing, <laughs> doing these high kicks, which you never do ever in any other situation, <laughs> except for this one. Well, Maybe you should just like dial it back a couple of notches. So I appreciate her looking out for me and she's most certainly right. But yeah. uh, <laughs> I think because things were going so well and the crowd was like really participatory. I was able to like be there and just let loose and just yeah. have fun. And yeah, I just, ha I'm a ham and right. that's probably my, right. my biggest. Yeah, no, we're all basically divas. When we broke down sweet child of mine, both me and our bass player ended up laying on the stage. Nice. It was, he started it and I was just like, yeah, I just, yes. And him, mm. there was a lot and of, where do we uh, go? Well, and so that was the thing. I was like, we're almost at the end of the night is we've had so much fun. What comes next? Yeah. Where do we go? Where do we go and now? then they'd be like, woo. And I was like, yeah, where do we go? Woo. And then we, you know, but I like that whole breakdown thing. We stretch, we always stretch it out. Yeah. It, it takes forever to get there. That's our, our loose moment to That's talk cool. through stuff and goof off. I don't know if I've shared this with you. We do that one with Taylor on fiddle doing the yes. entire slash part. And it's great. It's great. I do all the axle parts and it it's hard. <laughs> I do the axle parts an octave down. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah. But yeah, man, last night ripped. That's awesome. And, uh, That's awesome. If I could do, if that was like every single night to me, 
as I was in the middle of this, I was like, this is probably what being in the pork tornadoes feels like. <laughs> yeah. Everybody loves you all the time. Yeah. Uh, Except know, on social. Yeah. But those of us who are more accustomed to doing like private events, corporate events, you don't get that right. level of adulation. Typically it's yeah. you're there to yeah. provide a service. Yeah. People aren't necessarily there to see you, but they were last night and uh, that was great. Yeah. Awesome. Tale of two gigs. Tale of two gigs. It's a yin and a yang, but I don't even think it's yin and yang because there were good things that came. Completely. We learned things. We, yeah. we grew. We were able to see our projects progress yeah. in ways. And um, sometimes I feel like we struggle with seeing the forest through the trees that sometimes we pick an objective, we pick a victory and anything that isn't that yeah. is a failure. Yeah. When in reality, there's so many things that are worth celebrating. This is just parenting here. Um, <laughs> yeah. So this game that happened this afternoon with our son, they won the first two games and they had a really rough go on the third one. They lost, mm -hmm. but he played really well and their team had gone further than they had expected. And so he came in and he was kind of like, ho hum and whatever. It's like, I understand that you feel like there's things you could have done better, but can you just take those things and put them in a box for a minute and just dwell on the fact that you worked really hard and you got really far and a lot of things went well, yeah. you can pull them back out of the box in, in a bit. like. Just take a minute and acknowledge all of the hard work and yeah. all of the stuff that you've been able to pull off. Yeah. Which is not to say this game didn't suck. It yeah. did. Fine. All right. But overall, look where you started. Look where you are now. Yep. It's the uh, that line from Spinal Tap when they're talking backstage after the Stonehenge debacle. And the manager's like, for every one thing that goes wrong, a thousand things go right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Granted, we're not necessarily focusing on a Stonehenge that was in danger of being crushed by no, a dwarf fundamental problem but <laughs> man so many references you guys are gonna have to get an encyclopedia oh, britannica they get them i trust they get them i have faith in our audience that's fair all right any parting words uh, um, onward upward outward love it i'm right there with you folks Thank you so much for tuning in. We've had a lot of really great conversations with you guys out in the podcast land. I've had a couple of DMs and some emails uh, following up, asking about all kinds of stuff, including some personal coaching that I need to talk to you about at some point, by the way. <laughs> right. But lots of other stuff. And um, if something's come up and you heard something on the show that you tried and it worked out for you, let us know about that stuff. Coverbandconfidentialgmail.com. We love to take opportunities to celebrate your victories with you because we are not experts. We're just people who are willing to talk about how we do things. Yeah, put our own experience out there for people to learn but from. Exactly. And if you want to hear more of that, I can't stress enough consider joining the Patreon. Five yeah. bucks a month, you're getting this massive, amazing community of musicians that just are so willing to share what they know. Yeah. And we're all there just helping each other get better. It's super so, cool. Yeah. If you don't want to do it, that's fine too. Yeah. You could do any of the stuff that Adam from the Van Band's about to tell you about. With that being said, I'll go ahead and call it for this week. In Atlanta, Georgia, I'm Adam Johnson. In Greensboro, North Carolina, I'm Dan Wright. You have been listening to the Cover Band Confidential Podcast for the week of May 12th, 2023. And that's how you rock more and suck less. Hey, listener, this is Adam Moskowitz of the Van Band out of South Florida. Yes, another Adam. Adams are taking over the cover band scene. Get used to it. Sorry, Dan. On behalf of Cover Band Confidential, thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode. Now, I know you want to support this cast, so this is how you do it. 
you subscribe, you leave a five-star review, you share this episode with your musician friends, and you throw a screenshot on your story. And you go ahead and you follow the podcast on all their socials. You got Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, all of them. These gentlemen, Adam Johnson of Members Only and Dan Ray of The New Strange, have graciously given us vast amounts of great content. So as a thank you, go ahead and send them some green energy on their Patreon page. For real, send them some digital coins. And when you do that, you'll get access to the Slack back channel, which is just musicians and band leaders chatting about the craft of being in a performing cover band. Who wins? The losses. The behind the scenes goodness. If you play at least once a month for money, all I'm saying is break off a few bucks for your favorite podcast that you always listen to. Any questions, comments, hit up the Facebook group, send a text or voicemail to their hotline. That's 404-491-0910. You can also email coverbandconfidential at gmail.com. If you'd like, you can find my band on Instagram, Facebook, at VAMBAND. That's V-A-M BAND. Do it. Seriously, I want to see that CBC bump. Or you can find everything you need at VAMBAND.com. We started in 2019. We play funk, pop, soul, R&B, Motown in Southeast Florida. I play guitar and backup vocals at Adam Moskowitz Music on IG. Also follow the CBC host on IG. That's at Adam Patrick Johnson and at Dan Ray Musician. Or visit CoverBandConfidential.com for all the goods. I'm going to go ahead and call it. For Adam Moskowitz in Boca Raton, Florida, that was your outro bumper on Cover Band Confidential. Always be performing! (laughs) 